Thank you for listening to the Cook Revivals podcast. We believe that these messages will be a blessing to your life and in your spiritual walk. Stay tuned after the message to learn of ways to connect with us here at Cook Revivals and ways to give if you're looking to sow into the ministry. Let's go now into the message. God bless. You don't got no troubles. All you need is faith in God. He said the choir don't got to be just right. The music don't got to be just right. You don't got to feel just right. That's an insult to the Holy Ghost. All you got to do is let the Holy Ghost begin to move and manifest His purpose. You can somebody say, I want praise away from the greatest miracle in my life. I want praise away from the greatest happening in my life. Who I prophesy to that? of God, a man who got in a lot of traffic accident and had his arm so back on the doctor said, you never have any feelings there. Your fingers are never moved. I didn't lay hands on you. might just preach the message of God. That God still is a miracle working God. I turn around, he's fall out by the power of God begin to move his hands and his fingers 22 years. The last three weeks I went from Ohio to Boston to to Kansas, now I'm back here in the beautiful state of Dallas, Texas. And the great ministry Eagles Best Cathedral. The general was here, Dr. W. Grant. Somebody said, God has a miracle. With your name on it, somebody said, You don't praise him. I'm going to praise him. If you don't magnify his name, Somebody say you better be obedient to God. Now, before I break bread with you, I want you to turn around and look at somebody and say, You're beautiful in God. You're beautiful in the Lord. But that's something more God wants to do in your life. And we're going to have revival this week. I want you to invite somebody out to the greatest chapter in their lives and let them know that God has a meaning. Somebody say tonight. Tonight. I want you to bring a scarf or a washcloth. We're going to wave it. It's going to be the mantle of victory. I'm going to prophesy to you as I will this morning. But tonight, somebody say tonight. What are you going to bring? Some kind of scarf, some kind of washcloth. And we're going to wave it before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're going to stand in the gap for our loved ones. And we're going to stand in the gap for our families. And we're not going to let the devil take our inheritance. Because somebody say, God has an assignment for you this week. Somebody say, hallelujah. I believe in the God of miracles. Don't you? 
Now listen, I'm going through airports, I'm going through hot weather, cold weather. I said, my God, man, I need to get back to warm weather. I said, hallelujah. I got here, I said, we're back to warm weather again. Yes. You know, she was cold. And I said, hurry up. Let's get out of here. Somebody said, hallelujah. Somebody should just need to hurry up and leave. Let somebody say, I'm blessed. Highly favored. It's an honor to grace this. Always grace this roster. Always a delight to be with you. Matter of fact, I bragged on you. When I was in Kansas, because it took me to a steakhouse, I said, no, there's... No, there's, there's no steakhouse better than Texas and Dallas. My wife will get it because everything's bigger in Texas. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say there's certain blessings that follows obedience. Father, we thank you for the anointing that's going to be released this morning that's going to solidify everything in our lives. Touch the lips of clay and let me be used by your glory to the needs of your beloved children. We thank you for the general overseer of this ministry. We stand our hands of prayer and his direction. We thank you for all those that we have audience with today. Don't let one need go unmet. Move through your spirit, move through your power, and we give you glory, praise, and honor. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. In the presence of God. I see the presence of the Lord. Wherever the presence of God is, there is what? Liberty. Liberty. Go in the book of Jonah. I want to talk about your assignment. Say it with me. My breakthrough is in my assignment. What has the Father asked you to do by His Spirit that you have yet to obey the force of God. Yes. Somebody said the voice of the Lord. the Lord. Now let's go in the word of God, all right? Somebody said we don't have miracles this week. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of the Amatite, saying, Arise, somebody said going up, and we're coming out. Arise and go to Nineveh, say Nineveh. Your assignment. Say my assignment is where my breakthrough is. It's imperative that we understand our assignment. God began to speak to me when I was writing letters to a partner on the plane, come over here to text. He said, Tell them that their breakthrough is based upon their obedience and their assignment. Somebody say my breakthrough. It's in my assignment. There's something God has asked each and every one of us to do that we have fallen short to do. But by the grace of God, may He help us to fulfill that great commission. Now, how many of us at one given time or another have been disobedient? I'll read my hands. I know that you have never been disobedient, God, so let me help you. I know you have never been reluctant to the thoughts and the plans of God, so let me talk about truth. There have been moments that God, I didn't want to go. There have been moments I didn't want to do what God asked me to do. But then I found myself wrestling. 
wrestling with God. And anytime you wrestle with God, it's a losing battle. You've already defeated because you will never be able to understand the magnitude of God is until you walk in obedience unto Him. Look at somebody say, it's time to arise and get in our sight. Arise and go to Nineveh. That great city cried against it for their wickedness. It's come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsha from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Shop and he found a ship going to Tarsha. So he paid the fare thereof. And he went down into, into it to go with him unto Tarsha. Somebody say, Tarsha. From the presence of the Lord. His assignment is where? It's in Nineveh. Your breakthrough is in the place that God assigned you to go and to do. I am convinced in all of the trial that God has enabled me to have his grace and his anointing that I've seen the body of Christ so bewildered, so bombarded with the cares of life that they have failed to realize that no breakthrough comes until you move in obedience unto God. God is waiting to bring us into a closer relationship with Him, but our obedience is the avenue for our breakthrough. Somebody say, My breakthrough, my breakthrough is in my assignment. What has God ordained you to do that you're afraid to be obedient to? What is that one thing that you're not willing to let go of to move in the realms of the Spirit of God? Ladies and gentlemen, this morning may I give you this teaching that in the eyes of children we see how reluctancy can cause you to be on the wrong ship, going in the wrong direction. But the moment that God gets your undivided attention, He has a way to get you back on track. Look at somebody say, it's time to arise. It's time to arise and get back on track. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsha with him for being verse 3 and 4 again. From the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarsha. So he paid with his own money the very thereof. And he went down into it to go with him unto Tarsha from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord, somebody say, but the Lord. See, God has a way to get out of undivided attention. But the Lord sent out a great wind unto the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea that the ship was likely to be broken. Then the mariners, arenas, were afraid, cried every man unto his God, every dim eyed God that was present upon that ship. They sacrificed unto, they gave homage unto, they worshiped and reverenced all the dim eyed gods, but there was a welling of a cry that could not rescue them. You see, disobedience cuts you off of the mainstream of God's blessings. Say that with me. Disobedience cuts me off of the mainstream of the blessings of God. How many wants to be blessed by God? How many wants to walk in divine healing by God? 
I talking to this morning? Your breakthrough is in the place of your pain. Come on, stay with me. You see, Nineveh's in the northeast, Tarsus in the west, two opposite directions. God called the seer, called to Nineveh, and the seer lost sight of his purpose. When I see her no longer sees, you don't have hope. When I see her no longer have direction for you, because of some things that God speaks to a leader, then he won't speak through you. That's why God has seers in the house of the Lord. Help you get direction in your life. Help you get a breakthrough. Help you get closer to God. But when I see her no longer sees, you are in trouble. You are without You got one of the most tremendous gifts in this house that I've ever seen, and I've been all over the world. And I've never seen you see her as the one you have in this house on every basis. And I saw them with full confidence. We need to value what we have. Someone, you're on the wrong ship. You took your own money. Running from the blessings of God, when God said, That's not your sight. And anytime you're not your sight, He'll call nature to preach against you. He'll call storm to rise up against you. He'll call something to get your undivided attention until you get back on course. Some of us don't have a choice. You're going to obey God whether you want to or not, whether you feel like you or not. He asks you how you he asks you to move by faith and obey the Spirit of God. Who am I prophesying to this Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was the Lord that sent a great wind into the seas and told the seas, look, there's somebody that's going to Tarsha that had no business going to Tarsha. And I want you to interrupt that plan and that purpose and bring them back to me. The ship was lucky to be broken. The raiders, they cried out to them, being my gods, and none of their gods have rescued them. But here's a seer. Here's a man of God that's asleep when everybody else is panicking. Their gods could rescue them and deliver them, and they cast in lots, and it fell upon the sleeper. He's supposed to be a seer, not a sleeper. And we have fallen It's because we have fallen asleep when God said, Get up on your feet and wave those hands up to me and render and do the benevolence unto me, worship me and praise me, seek my face with all your heart. While the church is asleep, the devil's being busy. The church is asleep. It's asleep while the devil's busy. Destroy our faith. Destroying our occupation. 
attacking our bodies and our minds. Cause us to be a place that we should be part of the cares of life. We don't know what direction to take. Your assignment is where your breakthrough is. You just watch me right now. Your assignment. If you don't prophesy to come to pass, give me your assignment. You gonna walk in divine healing? Give me your assignment. Somebody shout. My assignment is where my breakthrough is. So the ship master came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God. If so be that thy God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, Everyone to his fellow, come and let us cast lots, that we may know for what cause this evil has come upon us. They cast the lots and it fell upon the seer, who was a sleeper. May God open our eyes this morning and enlighten us with revelation that we see the course that God set before us and walking out line by line and precept by precept. Somebody said it's better to be obedient to God than hearken to the voice of man. And then it said in verse 8, Then said they unto him, Tell us, uh, we pray thee, for who causes this evil to come upon us? What is that occupation? And he looks to me and said, we want to know where you're from. Where are you born? What country are you born from? Because we have been out in these seas and we have never encountered such an eruption, a disturbance of angry winds and angry waves, and they cast lots and fell at the feet of the sleeper who was supposed to be our seer. Why have we fallen asleep when we're supposed to be in all this prayer? We have come perplexed all the complex problems around us. And we wonder why God's not answering our prayers. And he said, I can answer you until you get your assignment. Somebody say, my assignment. They asked him, what is your occupation? He said, I'm a seer. They said, I'm a seer. How in the world can you be so calm and the ship is about to capsize? And Jonah said, you're going to have to throw me overboard. Because as long as my disobedience stands in this ship, you're not going to live. Yeah. And as long as your disobedience doesn't just affect you, it affects everybody in your household. Yeah. It affects everybody in your city, yeah. your community, your state, yeah. and your nation. Yeah. One man's obedience can shift a whole Somebody's there. Give me a second. Yes. Amen. Let's go down to chapter 2 and then I'm going to highlight four things for you. Four, several things, actually. Chapter 2. Jonah gives us a key. I'm going to highlight four different things this morning. Verse 7 of chapter 2. When my soul faded within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came into thee. 
and to their holy temple, that they observe lying vanities for sinful owners. But I will sacrifice, somebody say, I will sacrifice, somebody say, sacrificial praise. A taller sacrificial praise in an unpredictable place. With the voice of Thanksgiving, somebody say, the voice of Thanksgiving. Number three, I will pay that God had vowed for deliverance. There were salvation is deliverance. Is of the Lord. And the Lord speaketh to the fish. He does speak to the sea. Now he's speaking to the fish. The Lord, how is it that a fish can hear God but a seer? Yes. Is a song. Yes. How in the world can a sperm whale, <laughs> a sperm whale is the only whale that's big enough for a man to walk through down the tongue into the belly. That's the biggest whale in the ocean. I had three illusions, and one of my children about said, how do you know it was a whale? It could have been a perch or a bass. I said, it was such a great miracle. It's my faith. You tell me that God opened the fish mouth and a tall man just walk right through it and set in the belly of it. I said, wait to prove God is great. Amen. I can understand the whale, but hey, I swap. I'm trying with my finite mind with all the ingenuity I have, all my study of the Bible and miracles. I can't wrap that concept that a swap Disciples there in 
in him the most. The anguish of prayer, the sweat of his brow, the, the things popped out of his head, smelling down blood that got upon his seats. The agony in the well of the garden of the city. And he lives to the one that he depended upon the most, and they are sick. They're supposed to be seers, and they are sick. God is dependent upon you and me, ladies and gentlemen. He needs a rabbit to raise up in the latter day, the latter house, so we can see my place. It's time that we raise the standard. Seize the moment. I understand what you're supposed to do. After all, I can somewhat understand Jonah's feeling. Because in the theology and the history of Nineveh, there upon the hill they would take stakes and he saw his family being murdered by the Ninevites. And now God's asking him, go back to the place where it reminds you of your greatest heartache. Your assignment is in a place where your pain almost destroyed you. Your assignment is in a place where your heart was crushed. Your assignment is in a place where you felt like death was gripping you. Your assignment is in a place that you were rejected by all. Your assignment is in a place where they ridiculed you and they talked about you and they murmured against you. Jonah knew that God was merciful. The unmerited favor of God. He knew if he took the assignment that the one that brought him the greatest harm brought the greatest torment and the lingering murmur of pain. The image was in his mind. The soldier of his loved ones. How dare God wants me to go back and preach to a bunch of murderers. Wrong time. What was he doing? Going to Tarsus? 
Well, then sacrifice and homage. Give my gods. And he's supposed to be a seer. But he's a straight at the altar. Oh, seer, get out. That is your occupation. Who are your people? Because we know we're about to go under. We're about to be capsized. And it's not on our part. Our gods have not delivered us. Call upon your God and see that he's finished us. We're supposed to be seers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A holy nation. Lord, appreciate it. Yes. We got royal DNA, DNA inside of us. But we're falling asleep. But we're supposed to occupy to be gods. We're falling asleep because it's easy to fall asleep in the present for it. It's easy to go to sleep and still confront it. It's easy to go to sleep and not remember the pain of that. It's easy to go to sleep and not remember that boy death will creep you from hell. It's easy to go to sleep to go past the night. But God spoke to me to tell you from Kansas to Dallas, wake up, old seer. Wake up and see again. Wake up and open your eyes and let it be illuminated with the glory of God. Open your eyes of understanding that the Holy Ghost may speak through you and out of you so you can bring in your gifts and powers. Do the benevolence of God and say, That bitter sea would just leave them on their stakes. That's his relative. But God often, at times, calls us to go back to the very individual, their greatest and greatest harm and danger. The very one that tried to assassinate our character and our purpose in life. The very family member that held grudges and unforgiveness. He often in time was allowed us to see ourselves like he sees us. A chant of faith. Jonah knew that God was merciful because he doesn't see God's in his mercy time and time again. But he picked the prophet out and he became reluctant. So I say reluctant, see? causes you to drift in the presence of God. Reluctancy causes you to drift from the presence of God. While you being reluctant to accept yes, yes. slowly be surely away from God. Yes, sir. And before you know you have no longer your consciousness no longer seared with conviction. And you find yourself doing any everything that pleases you instead of God. Because you have fallen asleep when you're supposed to be praying and worshiping and praising God. You fell asleep when you should be in the Holy Bible. You fell asleep when God said, bring that song up to me. Read that word up to me. Measure up to me. Could you not carry 60 minutes? I'm under attack. Here comes the portrayal of Jesus for the disciples. They cast out devils. Saw the multiplication of miracles. Leprosy clean, the blinded eyes open, the deaf ears are stopped. Now they're sleeping at the moment that Jesus needs them the most. Yeah. 
He didn't need them when he was walking on the water, seeing Galilee. He didn't need them when he was raising the dead, cleaning some lepers. He needed someone to intercede on his behalf because Calvary's coming, betrayal's coming. The very place of your betrayal is the place of your breakthrough. Who am I prophesying today? You might get over that thing. But if somebody said it's been long enough, Creature over 30 30,000 tongues. Comes and open his mouth and swallow the sinner. But God has a way to get out of the body. He spared Jonah by sending a fish to remind him I'll hold you captive until you obey me. Special knowledge of understanding. My breakthrough is in my assignment. My victory is my assignment. You want victory this morning? Begin your assignment. Your assignment is going to cause you to go back to that familiar face that you try to forget. Your assignment is going to take you all. To confront your fears. Your assignment is going to carry you all the way to that teaching journey until you obey God. Jonah had an assignment to Nineveh 
That's how they saw this. You're not a grasshopper. My God, we're not hopping around without purpose. We're jack killers. We're kings killers. We're call out artists. We're chosen by the most high God. The problem lies in your sight. Because wherever your sight is, it's your deliverance. It's your freedom. Not only for you, but for your children. For your loved ones. Somebody said, obedience is better than listening to hearken to him. Somebody said, obey the Lord. Somebody said, number two. Somebody said, number two. I will sacrifice unto Sacrifice. Three days gave you enough time. And the digestive seaweed, nastiness of everything that was digested in the stomach of the whale, they gave children enough time to take a personal inventory. It gave them enough time to check his own salvation with purity. And he came to his senses and he recognized, I'm in this predicament because I'm a jumping I'm in this place of darkness. How great God is. How in the world did he breathe in the belly of the whale? He was how incredible God is. Yes. Sustain your breath in the midst of darkness. Yes. Sustain you in the midst of a dark room with a thousand people gathered but they can't see you. Yes. Yes, He kept Jonah in the belly of the whale until he understood. My son is what my baby is. You are a seer, not a sleeper. And the time to take off that great clothes of heaviness and put on the bread, put on the garment of praise and real life, then we're supposed to be worshiping the to God. Seers. And the Lord spoke to me from cancer to here. He said, I don't have too many seers, son. He said, the majority of my church is this. I don't have any seers. I have many that have powers, but they can't see. They can't see the pain. They can't see the hearts that's broken. They can't see the grief that's unbearable. They can't see the pain that's tortured them day in and day out. But rise up and tell them their assignment is where their breakthrough is. Then somebody said, My son. My son. Is where my breakthrough is. Number two, sacrifice. Nothing is done without a sacrifice. Your time, your effort, your finances, everything about you is a sacrifice unto God. And if you're not willing to make a sacrifice, 
You'll stay longer in the belly of that wheel. Three days. I can't even phantom imagine the thoughts of John. See, wrapped around him, discussed the smell of vomit. Right, that's right. Digested the fish that's been decaying in the belly of the well. Everything the will of God just in the deep, dark ocean. Now he's sitting in the pit of his belly, smelling the odor of death. And all he's got to do is get in his assignment. All we got to do is say, now, somebody said, my assignment is worth what? My breakthrough. My breakthrough. Somebody said, my breakthrough. Number two, nothing has come without a sacrifice. Sacrifice. Somebody said sacrifice. Sacrifice. What is the sacrifice? Something that hurts. Go to Nineveh. That's an image of my mother on that sick. And you want me to preach to the nourished nation of Nineveh? You want me to go back to the place that remind me of grief? You want my assignment? Why don't you send me somewhere else? God's not going to see you nowhere else until you get over your pain. Until you get over your rejection. Until you get over that hurt. The sting in you day in and day out. He's not going to do anything else until you get over it. He's a preacher of a trouble word. He's a present help in my time of need. Throw your hands up and say, God, help me get over my pain. Who am I preaching to this one? None of us sleep. The seer. The seer. So none of us are sleep because they don't have a seer. So that makes the nation asleep. A nation can't see without the word of the Lord. And now he's jumped ship, thrown overboard. Now he's been digested by the whale and John come to his senses. Somebody should come to your senses before it's too late. See, the message of here is parallels how the church is today. It's a vivid image of the church been a fortune. No longer interests are here at the altar. No longer concerned that Jesus had the gun of Gethsemane and the very ones he needed the most to be his strength had fallen to a slumber sleep and the enemy greatest attack was coming. And the moment that we close our eyes is the moment that the end is going to hit us the hardest. The moment we get distracted is the moment that the devil hits our family. The moment that we take our eyes off of the cross, speaking metaphorically as our place of deliverance, is the moment that the devil comes in and robs, steals, and kills, and takes everything from us. But my Son, my proper sign through this man. Here at Eagle Stanton Beach, your assignment. You were waiting on a man, and God waited for your obedience. He's a big God with a big plan. The only thing stopping God, you jump and shit the Tarsha. You going to the northeast when you're supposed to be going to west to Nineveh. You may not want to go to Nineveh. It reminds you of pain and rejection. It reminds you what has been done unto you in your 
But the same God that spared us by sending his only begotten Son and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That same compassion, that same mercy, we're supposed to have it every single day of our life. If God can forgive us, then what stop us from giving everyone else? If God can stay the right arm and fellowship unto us, and his son looked at everyone that crucified him, that he presented miracles to and deliverance. But yet, by the eyes of compassion, while the blood is dripping down upon his cheek, down upon his body, I agonize and cry all the way from power, put around heaven and all the earth in the depths of hell. God forgive them, for they know not what they do. And yet, somehow or another, we have succumbed to our own fears. We are wallowing all seed of bitterness as though that we don't even want anyone to have justice or mercy. When in fact, mercy woke you up this morning. When in fact, mercy relates your life in a single day. Every day your life is another page in your book and God said mercy was applied. I don't see your mistakes. I don't see your failures. Every time you're inelegant to obey me, I just see my mercy. Say, goodness and mercy shall follow me over the days of my life. And I will do well in the house of the Most High God. Throw your hands up and say, my assignment is one of my faithfulness. God is waiting for someone this morning to move in the realms of obedience. You don't belong in a ship going to Tarsha. You got a assignment down the Nineveh. You mean I got to go back to the one that rejected me preaching? You better believe it, honey. You mean I got to go back to the very one in my family that talked about me, read my name down all over the corner of the streets, gossip against me? You better believe it. You mean I got to go back and apologize for something that was not my fault? You better believe it. You mean I got to look them face to face and say, I love you? And I know they're not going to respond back to me. You better believe it. Because whatever your sight is, that's your breakthrough. So they have to realize that God's a compassionate God. He had to learn that God is more merciful than man's mistake and what they've done in the past. And when he went, somebody say, when he went. That for three days, this is what he did next. She got it. Number one, what? My breakthrough is for my assignment. Number two, what? Sacrifice. Divorce of faith. Sin. God, I love you so much. I know I'm in the belly of the well because I put myself here. Yeah. I'm in a predicament and a crisis that I created. I created this crisis. You love me enough to see the well that I may not drown in the bottomless sea. And the darkness that dissipates upon the earth. Darkness that has no light and no meaning. But you love me enough to rescue me in the nick of time. You love me enough to snatch me from the jaws of hell. And give me a right to live as a child of the most high God. You'll fight your will to God. Until you understand how God you are, you'll never know the importance of how much God loves you. The most important thing that children call us in this text is he said, I will pay my vow. Yeah. And the moment that he paid his vow, the well said, I can't stay you any longer. You messed up my digestive yeah. I've been having you in my belly for three days. And thank God that he's ready for me to go ahead and screw you out. You have messed up my whole digestive system. <laughs> I disagree. 
got that woman looking angry because he knew God was merciful. Something is wrong with this vivid image when you don't want God to stand mercy on someone. Something is wrong with your Christian faith and Christian walk when you don't want God to forgive somebody. Something is wrong with your walk with God when you don't want God to have mercy on someone. Something is wrong with your church when you don't want God to stand in his right arm of fellowship and embrace the prodigals again. Have we gotten so close to God that we don't want nobody else to be saved? Come on, come on. The fact of the matter is, the enemy is attacking our ministry, our family, our finances, our parts. Wow, Wake up, oh sleeper, and start seeing again. You don't belong to Toshia. You don't belong to that shit with other dear my gods. You belong going to Nineveh. That's right. Because until you can face Nineveh, you can never truly know the grace of God. It's worse. When the devil beats you down and trials and tribulations are piling up against you, you don't know where to go. You got complex problems all around you, you don't know which direction you're picking it on. Your mind's in a state of full on confusion. What do you do, Prophet? What do you do, Richard? You get in your sight. Because your sight is your blessing place. Your sight is your breakthrough. Your sight is what you have coming in life to divine coming in right to divine prosperity. John said, I will pay my vows yes. for deliverance of the Lord that God. Three days journey he made in 24 hours. He shifted away with thinking. And when you start shifting away with thinking, you move into God's inheritance. You take the limits off of God and you move into his words. How dare we get to a place of God that we think that a prostitute don't need to be saved and delivered? Right. Or someone that performs a witchcraft that doesn't serve a second chance. I don't care how dark they are. The love of Jesus can penetrate the darkness of the world. The sun is I don't care how fallen they are. How deep in the valley of sorrow they are. God is merciful. And thank God he's been merciful to you and me. It's not by your righteousness, nor mine. You're not good enough. I'm not good enough. But he is the one that's good. He is the one that's holy. He is the one without sin. And along as we turn towards the wall, say, God, hear my instead is on a forgiveness and mercy. Children preach the message of repentance and they heed the message of repentance. Yes, yes. They cry unto God's us. The king of Nineveh. The monarch of Nineveh, the highest office in Nineveh, ruled the people of Nineveh, bowed his knee to Almighty God. Spare Nineveh, because we know you'll destroy us. He would deal with the matters of the seer, because he had fallen May God wake us up now before it's too late. May God speak his spirit to us in the next season of our lives. May God wake us up to cry unto him and render our gifts and our times unto him. May we rise up and do your will of the Father. May we tell God yes to your will and to your way. May we not be murmurs and complainers and nothings of the world. May we be a remnant to say, God, we're going to 
to the depth and the bottom of the sea without your going to be recognized upon the people. But he let me enough to stick his hand and said, No. Fish, that's a reluctant seer. A reluctant people. Swallow them until they understand what their sight is. Fish open your mouth and swallow him. Down the tongue of that well into the digested shrink. Children lay there for three days in comparison to hell. With a stench of smell of odor of death. Then he comes to realize this. I sang it for my breakthrough years. Now, number two, I'm a sacrifice before the Lord. A sacrifice. I gotta be a sacrifice. Number three, I'm gonna have the attitude of thanksgiving. I'm not gonna jump a cargo, jump shit away from my sight. I'm not gonna be over here when I need to be here. I'm not gonna let somebody pull me away from my destiny. Where I'm in a position for favor from God. I'm not gonna let somebody pull me to another church when I'm assigned here. I'm not gonna listen to the negative voices speaking in my ear case. After all, where my assignment is is where my breakthrough is. Yes. That's the third thing, Thanksgiving, the spirit of Thanksgiving. I mean, it's points for Thanksgiving. It's for praise. Give thanks unto the Lord. And all things, for it's the will of the Father. All things. All things. He didn't ask you about your feelings. He asked you about your obedience. He didn't ask you about your feelings. He asked you about your faith. Let your faith override your feelings. Because the moment that you step out in the realms of faith to overcome your feeling, it's the moment you're going to find your deliverance. You're going to feel better than you ever felt in your entire life when you release it and let go and say, God, thank you for your mercy that rewrites my life every single day. Thank God that mercy intervened in the nick of time. I was drowning in my sins and my disobedience, but God got my undivided attention to the nick of time. Somebody said number four, the fourth point. You got all four big points. Number one, your assignment's your breakthrough. Number two, is your sacrifice. Number three, is your Thanksgiving attitude. Number four, somebody said number four. We're coming to a close. I will pay my vow unto the Lord. Don't make a vow and I'll pay it. God don't want your money, he wants your obedience. God don't need your money. You don't got streets of gold in your house. You don't got walls of jasper, gates of pearls. Help? Yes. He don't want your money, he wants your obedience. Your finances is the seed that determines the outcome of your tomorrow. Your seed ripped around whatever particular need you have, moves into your future, and blesses your family with inheritance. But we have this concept that God owes us Charles and I will pay my vow. Now listen to this. He sacrificed. He gave thanksgiving, but well, never opened his mouth. But the moment he said, I paid my vow, the well had enough of Jonah. I can see that well saying, I'll pay my vow too, just get my strength. Get my money. I can digest food right. My whole system is off. 
Adam, God spoke to the fish, so we don't know what the fish said. The Bible said that God spoke to the fish. That means they had a conversation. Do you get that in text? Or you just went right past that? The Bible said that God spoke to the fish. Reminding the fish, the sleeper woke up, they threw him overboard. Now, I need you to swallow him just for three days. But after three days, I guarantee you, he's going to come to his senses. How many days is it going to take for you to come to your senses? How many days is it going to come to a reality that God has a sign on your life? He has a mandate on your life. How long is it going to take for you to shift in the direction that God asks you to do? Your business is held up. You want to be honest with you? What, what are you waiting for? God wants your obedience. What has God asked you to vow and pay that you haven't paid yet? What seed has God spoke to you that you haven't released yet? What have you not released from your hands that God said now release? What are you holding on to to stop your future deliverance? Because after all, it's not just about you, it's about your loved ones. But if somebody said, my sight is my breakthrough. Full thing, shout out to you. My breakthrough is my sight. Your sight is often the place of your pain. The mere image of your rejection. That place a room, a death that you've been wearing. A grief that you can swallow like a pill you no longer digested. But yet, God said, that's where I want you to go. Because there's some people down there that's going to repent. Whether you think you deserve mercy or not, God didn't ask you for your opinion. He asked you to carry the message. Be a conduit of his presence. He asked for our opinions. He asked us to preach the message of deliverance, salvation, holiness, miracles, signs, and wonders. Who are we to judge? Who are we to say who deserves to go to heaven? Who deserves to go to hell? When in fact, if God closes his eyes, he can make us all vanish in one second. All together. But that mercy, that mercy intervened in the nick of time. That mercy found you going down a dark path. That dusty path for no return. And the enemy speaking to you, keep on traveling. Keep on traveling. But all of a sudden, the Spirit of God woke you up out of slumber sleep and said, you need to see again. Stop sleeping. This is not a time to sleep. It's a time to pray. It's a time to understand the mind of God. It's to understand why you sow, why you give, why you tithe, why you praise, why you work, why you come in the house of God. Rise up and stop sleeping. Right. It's time to see again. Stand to your feet right now with your hands. You can put any kind of music on you. Somebody said, I'll lift your hands right now. Lift your hands right now. Just give me anything. It's time now. Four points. My breakthrough is in my sight. Now, two, I realize that anything God demands of me is a sacrifice. And the sacrifice is not really true. The sacrifice is true. It truly hurts. Number three, I've got to shift the way I pray. I've got to do this from the heart. Without the heart comes that perceiving word. It's the issues of life that deals with thanksgiving. I'm going to give God thanksgiving. Lord, thank you.
I put myself in. I created this crisis. I jumped shit. But you love me enough to spare me. You love me enough to stop time for me. You love me enough that you sailed the winds and the waves and I did not drown. I must have purpose. I must be valuable to you. I must have a reason for my existence or you would have let me drown. The devil whispered to you, you have no purpose. But you're still alive and you haven't drowned. If you don't think God ain't got nothing for you, you have drowned a long time ago. And the beds of no return. And the seas that would have swallowed you up at one go. The fact that you remain alive means you have purpose and destiny. The reason you can breathe in hell and exhale is because you have something to be for the kingdom. You have something to do on behalf of the kingdom. Right when I begin to put the sun. You that's in your place right now. Is there a time to be reluctant or disobedient? Yes, it hurts. Yes, the rejection was real. Yes, the grief was unbearable. Yes, the pain was like torture. The sword cut deep with their words and their actions. But God's mercy is greater than a sword that tried to cut me. God's mercy invaded that nigga time. I was going to drown, but God gave me another opportunity. I thought I could sleep, but I put everyone else in danger by my disobedience. Some of you ain't got a choice. And the longer you say reluctant and disobedient, you put everybody else in danger. And the moment you decide to say, Lord, Use my gifts. Use my talents. Because after all, you gave them to me. Use my ministry. Use my voice. Use my hands. Help me put a smile on somebody's face. Help me embrace somebody in the time of the song. Help me sing that song that brings deliverance and victory. That's a song that everybody can sing that will bring victory to somebody. That's a smile that you can give somebody in the brokenness of their lives. You look around our land is ravaged with heartache, sorrow. Somebody needs to go back to Nineveh today. Somebody needs to go to Nineveh so your babies can be saved and spared. Somebody needs to obey the voice of the Lord so you can find your miracle and your. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Cook Revivals Podcast. If you would like to help be a supporter of Cook Revivals, please visit cookrevivals.org. It is loyal partners like you that give life to this ministry. We wanted to let you know that you are appreciated and loved. It is your faithfulness that helps make this ministry possible. God bless you. Until next time.